Thank you for listening to Talk of the Town. I'm Dan Gall, and it's time for Left, Right, and Center on 1290 CJBK. And on our left this morning is Marion Boyd. Good morning, Marion. Good morning. From the right, Bob Metz. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Dan. And I'm Dan Gall in the center. We're, we're speaking earlier um, off air about pay equity ruling, and uh, you, Marion, wanted to bring up another issue as well with regards to that. Um, well, I, I think it is a very interesting time because we're starting to see a, a, a playing out of uh, some of the rights that uh, that we were all uh, accorded under the uh, uh, Constitution. Um, and uh, I think the pay equity uh, uh, ruling by a federal court last week and the government's decision not to appeal that to go further with the court process but to try and come to a negotiated settlement is a is an acknowledgement on the federal government's part that uh they have a losing case here they're they're if they play it right through to the supreme court they're probably going to have the same finding that they've had now at two different levels and uh the same thing of course is true the ontario government uh this evening, in its evening session, uh, is going to do second and third reading of a bill which gives uh, equal rights to same-sex couples as uh, those who are in common law relationships uh, in heterosexual couples have. Uh, again, the result of a, a long litigation, a long delay in according rights that uh, it was predictable many years ago people would win uh, if it went through the court process because of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And how do you uh, do? You agree with the the? Well, absolutely. I mean, this bill that they brought forward is exactly the bill that I brought forward in 1994, in June of 1994, uh, that all of the Tories voted against, and uh, that all but three Liberals voted against. Um, and uh, it uh, it is back because what we predicted, what I predicted as the Attorney General, in terms of the reaction that courts would take uh, over time to to this issue, proved to be exactly right. Uh, that in fact, uh, under the charter, uh, the the rights were being infringed by laws that uh, did not treat uh, same-sex homosexual couples in the same way as uh, sa as as heterosexual couples are treated when they're in a long-term relationship, including the benefits and everything else. Benefits and responsibilities, and I think that's an important thing to remember. That any time you're given a right, you have a corresponding. Uh, responsibility and certainly in in many communities there uh, there were concerns uh, expressed uh, by some gay and lesbian people about the responsibility end of it because all of a sudden all of those obligations under the family support plan all of the obligations uh, in terms of of um, uh, support when that relationship breaks down of the other partner come into play division of property comes into play and uh, so it has been a very thorough discussion, I think, within the community. But I think, for the most part, people do understand that if you do have rights, then responsibilities are equally important in that picture. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to, to Marion talk here, and I'm hearing her talk about rights and responsibilities, and I'm thinking to myself, well, wait a minute, that's what I believe, but I don't support this decision at all. Or, or even the idea that I think, I don't even think they're talking about rights. I think what they're talking about in most cases is results. Um, I mean, you want to talk about same-sex benefits. I think anybody of any sex that you can even think of uh, has the right to equal benefits as long as they have the equal responsibility of paying for that benefit. I think what we're talking about here today is benefits that are paid for by the taxpayer. That's but, nonsense. But, but, Robert, that's nonsense. We're talking about well, the pension is. contributions that people make 
that they could not leave to their partners. We're talking about the health insurance that people pay premiums to have, extended health benefits, that they were not allowed to have their partners participate in as, as, a, as a, a heterosexual common-law couple would do. We're not talking about all but isn't rights. But isn't that, that they, a matter they, of contract? I mean, if you... If, if, no, if, it wasn't a matter of contract. In fact, many, many, many employers did voluntarily give those benefits. But many other employers said, unless we're ordered to do this by legislation, we won't do it. So lots of people, and in the five years since I put that bill in and it was defeated largely by the treachery of some of my own members, in the, those five years, I wonder how many people have suffered as a result because they were not able to get extended health benefits. They were not able to get the, the uh, rights to be the spouse under, a, under an insurance policy. And all the rest of those benefits that they had contributed to but couldn't, in fact, collect on. Well, you see, that's a, that's a separate part of the whole same-sex benefits issue. I, that, to me, is a private contract issue. If and, and there should be a lot of insurance companies out there and other pension companies who would be willing to offer those products to people. Why well, aren't they, they there? Been. They well, haven't not? been. Because all of those contracts are negotiated between employers and the insurance companies on behalf of employees, and that while there well, have been then some be an employers, employee responsibility, shouldn't the employee be going out to the marketplace and that's exactly why the labor movement has been so strong in favor of this this action because they have spent years and years at the negotiating table trying to negotiate these benefits on behalf of their members. So you're telling me the labor movement is wants to see privatization of, of the insurance industry so that employees can go out on their no. own and find their own insurance? Robert, you're being ridiculous. Well, that's, that's what I just suggested. No, you're, and you you're said being that's ridiculous. Why the labor no, movement. you didn't say that at all. You said, wouldn't employees go out and negotiate? Employee groups like labor unions and other employee groups that aren't unionized do negotiate benefits. But the issue is that those benefits, they pay a portion of. And when employers have refused to accord equal rights, there has been very little recourse for employees within employee groups, within labor unions, if in fact they could not negotiate that uh, with, their, with their employer and with their insurance company. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but normally when you get into an insurance situation, the insurer asks you if you are married, asks your sex, asks certain things about your health. Are you saying that these people informed the insurance company that, for example, maybe they were a gay couple and uh, the insurance company refused to cover that type of coverage? Or, yes, or like, where, where did the refusal come from? The, the employer in, or In the, the policy, company? it was written that you could only cover a partner who was an opposite-sex partner. That's what's being taken out of all, all of these 67 laws that will be revised as of tonight. In, in most of those cases, the people who were to be eligible for those kinds of plans were people who were uh, not only together in a long-term relationship, but were of the opposite sex, and that's what being, is being removed. So, so are you saying then that it's now, after this legislation, it would be technically illegal for an insurance company to offer benefits to heterosexual uh, couples exclusively? I don't know that that's part of the issue, although there was a Supreme Court case that took many years to come, where a, uh, a lesbian couple, the partner in the lesbian couple, was uh, killed in, a, in an accident, and the partner took the insurance company to court and won the case after many years uh, as a spouse because the insurance company was denying them that because they had this, this clause. There are many, many cases that have come through. People shouldn't have to fight these cases over years and years using their own money. 
if if it is a right that it, that is accorded under the charter. Well, but again, if there's a clause in a contract that exists now that does say spouse of the opposite sex, that's 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 a thing that has to be overcome. I don't have any problem with anybody getting any benefit from any program as long as they themselves pay for it, contract for it, and that the deal is consensual between the contractor and the contractee. Uh, beyond that, I don't see what issue there could possibly be to be involved with until politics gets into it. That's where, to me, the well, issue that's, is. You know, Robert, you like to simplify everything down to your own philosophy. But the reality is that for a lot of people, what is, is accorded by right is, is going to give them benefits that they can't negotiate on their own necessarily. You have this vision of a world where everybody has the capacity to sit down and negotiate every single little detail of their lives to protect themselves Absolutely and their families. Absolutely not, Marianne. I, uh, my vision of the world is one where all relationships are consensual, whether people, if I don't know a certain area or a area of expertise, I would hire someone to do that for me, but I wouldn't want the government to hire someone to do that for me. That's all I'm saying. Well, you've gone way, way away from the question right now. Because, in fact, what you're saying, you're, you're assuming that employees who work for a company like this company, for example, oh, individually consent, individually consent to the benefits package that their employer has worked out with the insurance company. If they have a labor union, they may have more, uh, more say in that, but not total say in many cases. And that's why the labor unions and many employee groups where they have found it impossible, where they've found employers like Imperial Oil to be intractable on this issue, have, have, have resorted to knowing that there has to be uh, a legal provision for those rights because why, they why, cannot Why is this done through the, the employer? Why don't we do it through the union instead? Why doesn't the union, which apparently believes in these values, you know, go to the insurance company, collect the money from their members, and it provide and administer the insurance fund, rather than place the burden on the employer. Why, why wouldn't it be done that way? Because after all, well, if we're Robert, talking about I don't know, Robert. You, rights, you, may, you may want to talk to a lot of employers about that possibility. Labor unions have tried that over time, and certainly their employer hasn't necessarily agreed to that. So, I mean, you're, you're taking this way, way away from the reality that people live in this country. You have a vision of no, how you'd like people No, I'm asking you why it live. hasn't been that way. You're, you're saying that the unions have tried it at some time. So what went wrong? They couldn't administer it? The deal fell through? Or the employees got mad at the union? What, what was the problem? Well, the, the whole issue is, is sharing cost. Sharing cost between the, the employees and the employer. There we go. To spread See, the that's, dollars. That's the part I... To ensure that there's equity for all of those employers. No, I don't think it's an employer's to responsibility employees. to share costs of insurance for his employees. Well, there that's, we go again. Well, it isn't. You know, you talk about responsibility. The responsibility rests upon the person receiving the benefit. If I want something, it's my responsibility to pay for it. Not my employers, not my neighbors, not my, not my fellow taxpayer. It's mine. Robert. Because Robert. remember, it works the other way around. If, he th if the other guy wants his insurance, he's going to include me in the package. You Robert, know, like if your employer, your employer benefits greatly from the kinds of, of, of extended health insurance, for example, or dental insurance. Sure he does, and if he recognizes negotiate. that, he'll have a voluntary plan in place, like oh, most right. of the places I've ever worked at had. And I never voluntary. ever have worked for a union. You're yes, listening to Left, here. Right, and Center on 1290 CJBK, 643-1290, star 1290 on the Cantel Network. If you'd like to take a side, left, right, and or center, we have Jim on the line. Jim, how are you? Oh, interesting. I just love Marianne's little comments 
Robert's own philosophy, as if Marion, who's so far left, doesn't have her own philosophy. Oh, and I do have my own philosophy. You want to believe too. you do, Marion, and you and the NDP are very good at social engineering. The reality is, the bottom line here is money. That's the reality of all this. And another reality is we have a government in place today, and trust me, I will be addressing this with my MPP, who didn't have the guts, who didn't have the courage or the backbone to enforce the notwithstanding clause, because the majority of citizens in this province voted against this nonsense, this that's immorality. That, as a matter of fact, that's not true. Oh, as a matter of fact, the, all of the statistics the same uh, show very clearly that more than 75% of people... One at a time. Jim, go ahead. The same-sex legislation, the homosexual bill went before the Ontario legislature, and it was shot down, right? It lost by 12 votes. It lost, Marion. L-O-S-T. It lost. That and was five years ago, and since then the oh, courts so have now, vindicated so now, our position so now by finding very the clearly... Charter, which is a, the... the Right from the pit of hell itself, Trudeau, the Jim. biggest demon to ever come into this country, brought in the charter. He knew exactly what it was doing. Jim. We need to go back to listening to the people and what Parliament, what Parliament enforces, not what the judges. The latest editorial, I believe, it was in the Toronto Sun, talks about this new this new party we have called the Court Party, and that's what's happening. You're getting judges and making laws mm -hmm. based upon this charter. The people themselves determine what we should have, and the and the, the progressive conservatives in this province didn't have the guts to enforce the notwithstanding clause. And trust me, I will all be enforcing that with my MPP in the next election coming up. So, Jim, I have a question. Yeah. If, 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 the, if the legislature, if the vote had gone the other way, would you be sitting here calling us now? Yeah, I, uh, yes, I would. Well, then obviously everything you just said no, is no, irrelevant to the it. issue, isn't I'd it? I'd abide by it. Well, you'd have to. You wouldn't have much choice. Absolutely. That's my point. That's but my the point. The point is, this is a debate show. Not a, not, we're not here under law or anything. We're oh, discussing issues. I understand issues. That. But that, that's my point. If, if, if the law hadn't been passed for it, I would have, I would have uh, gone along with it. But the law was passed. No, they didn't want it, so they, then they went to the charter. You see, this is, this is the problem. So is all you're saying is that it's right if the majority supports it and it's wrong if the majority doesn't? Well, we don't want democracy in this country. Democracy is 50% plus one. Well, is that, so is that a yes? No, I'm not for democracy at all. Well, then why do you use a democratic argument to support your point? I, you know, I'd like to agree with you here, but I don't like your reasoning. You can't, you can't use 50% plus one and say it's democracy. Otherwise, we could have a vote to get rid of all black people. Well, you can't say 99 my, you know, versus one and call it a free democracy. You know, democracy was meant to go hand in hand with freedom, not with socialism. When you, well, get, when you, when you have socialism mixed with democracy, then all that people do is vote benefits out of the pockets of other people. Well, they, they, all we're doing here now is robbing from Peter to pay, from that, pay to that, Paul. That, that is exactly absolutely the not the case. This is not about money in the oh, sense that both you and Robert want to say it is. This is about people's rights to participate in their community in the appropriate way. There are 67 different laws, and those 67 laws, uh, when they change, will require of the individuals involved responsibilities that they now don't have. It will require them to support a partner if a marriage or, or their relationship breaks down. Oh, it will, it will mean that you people... You marriage. And I corrected myself because well, yeah, it's but, not but, marriage. But tell the people what you want, Marion. That's what you want, isn't it? No, not necessarily. And, and you will know that in the original bill, if that was the stumbling block, we were quite prepared to use the wording that the conservative government has put in this bill because it really didn't matter 
to the gay and lesbian community, in fact, a, a good proportion of them, don't want marriage in the traditional sense. They do want the security and the mutual responsibility that is involved for common law couples. But You're the, talking uh, about money, or a, a large No, so, not Mary, just are, money. Are not right just now, money. Well, what else, are you saying right now, Marion, if a, a man was a homosexual man, he could not, he could not in his will, he was... Of course, he's going to be single. He could not leave all that he owns to, to another man. Yes, if he if he if he had a will. But if he died and, and intestate, could he, could he if he died policy, intestate, could, could he not have an insurance policy at work? Say he works for GM, where he pays twenty bucks a week, and 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 make that all of his insurance go to that man. I don't know about GM. What I do know player? that in Imperial yes, Oil, he couldn't. Yes, you can. No, in in some companies you can. In other companies you can't. And in, in, in most companies, well, the mean, spousal mean, be benefit is different than, than the, the uh, benefit that someone gets if they try to insure another dependent. Now, think about your insurance policy. There's an, there's an insurance regime in most places where you can purchase an amount that covers your spouse for uh, less than you have to pay to, to do another dependent, either a parent or, or a child, or in the case that you're suggesting, uh, a, a partner, so it does it does affect the ability to to insure properly because obviously if the premiums are higher, people won't be able to do that as well. But I but, but I don't see this as benefits, Marion. I see this as a as a as a greater agenda that the that, that the homosexuals have. They are working towards marriage. They are working towards acceptance. They are working towards adoption. And this is just one slice of the apple. Well, they certainly are working towards acceptance, Absolutely. and they this certainly are working to towards apple. equality. I don't know that many of them are working toward marriage as it's traditionally known at all, although there are some who have. They do want recognition that when they form a family, it is a family. And, and if we purport, and if this conservative government continues to purport to support families, the reality is there are many families that are headed by same-sex people who, who may be raising children, and if they are not given those equal rights, there is a definite lack of benefit for those children. Well, I like, I like William Gardner's definition of the family. It's the eternal triangle. Mummy, daddy, and child, and you cannot get away from it. I don't see a homosexual couple as a family. Well, that's, you may not, another, but the courts have. Date. Thanks for your call, right, Jim. Thanks. You're listening to Left, Right, and Center 643-1290, star 1290 on the Cantel Network. We have... Uh, 11.25, we've got Mario on the line. Good morning, Mario. Welcome to the show. How are you this morning? Good. Good stuff. Um, I'd just like to make the comment that, in my opinion, it is not about, uh, 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 for example, what is uh, right for homosexuals or what is right for non-homosexuals. The only thing that I'd like to say is that it is a question of rights in general. And we have a group within a segment of society that is not getting the same benefits as what uh, other people are able to get. And that's the problem. And all what we are saying, or the courts are saying, basically, is that everyone should be treated fairly and equally. Absolutely. Whether you are male, female, black, white, purple, it doesn't matter. Treat everyone basically the same. Good for you. Mario, Mario, thank you for your call. We're losing you on the cellular phone, unfortunately. Would you agree with that, Bob, that Absolutely. it doesn't matter? The, the idea of treating people, everyone equally, applies particularly to government, to laws that government makes. Government must not distinguish between gay and, and heterosexual and black and white. But they and have in 67 else. laws. Um, that's quite possible, but that's not the issue here, I don't think. The issue is that, that 
the discriminations that the marketplace may make, which is an entirely different thing. No, no, Bob, if, Bob if, really. If an, if, if an insurance company wants to offer certain benefits, it should. To me, you know, the reason I might sound like I'm, I'm opposed to these, quote, uh, same-sex benefits is because I am opposed to those benefits even to people of different sexes, because a lot of these benefits come at the expense of the taxpayer and of a, of a Canada pension system, for example, that, that uh, can't survive on an actuarially sound basis unless it's going to be really pumped up with a lot of tax dollars. To me, I would have thought that if we had a pension plan, every individual would have their own money in it that would be untouchable by the government, that would be accruing over your lifetime, that would be sitting there and investing. And instead, what it is is a promise uh, that future taxpayers will pay for your retirement when it comes your turn to you know, to collect. You can't operate a system on that. That's called a, uh, you know, that's a scam. They have, it's a pyramid scheme. You are listening to Left, Right, and Center with Marion Boyd, Bob Metz, and Dan Gall. We'll be back right after this on 1290 CJBK. Good morning, and thank you for listening to Talk of the Town. I'm Dan Gall, and it's time for Left, Right, and Center, 643-1290, star 1290 on the Cantel Network. Before we went to break, we were talking about uh, same-sex legislation and uh, the bill that will be passed this evening. Is that correct, Marion? My understanding is that that's the agreement between the three parties. I want to go back, Dan, to something that, uh, that Bob said. The reality is that what is going to happen today is that in 67 bills mm -hmm. that are currently in force in this province that discriminate against same-sex common-law partners, they will be changed to make sure that same-sex partners are treated exactly the same as opposite-sex partners who are in a common-law relationship. Okay. It doesn't affect marriage. It is not about marriage. Uh, in fact, marriage, uh, the, the rules about marriage are, are federal rules. They can't, be, they can't be changed by the province in any case. Uh, but it is simply to say that if you're in a common law relationship, then the same rules will apply to a same-sex couple as apply to a, an opposite-sex couple, which I think is what Robert said he would agree with. Some of those laws do affect benefits that Robert doesn't agree with. For example, currently if you are the 60-year-old uh, partner of a person who is over 65 and who is on a uh, Canada pension. If you're a opposite-sex partner, then you can apply for the top-up, the gains benefit. But if you're not, you can't. That means that there, you know, it has a tremendous effect on your basic standard of living. There are those kinds of things that now will not be allowed because the definition of common law will be the same for those who are opposite sex as they are um, uh, same sex. And, you know, the real fight about this really happened back in 1975 when Roy McMurtry, who was then Attorney General, changed the family law, put the Family Law Reform Act in, which recognized the rights and responsibilities of common law opposite sex partners. And many of the rhetoric, the language, the fear about recognizing common law relationships is very similar when you read the transcripts of the legislature back in 1975 to the concerns that happen now, because people were sure that we were going to go to hell in a handbasket. In fact, sure, some of our, our, our relationships have changed. There are more people who may live without benefit of marriage together, but at the same time, we also see uh, a determination on the part of, of a lot of people to be able to create families in a, in a different way. 
And that can be positive. You're listening to Left, Right, and Center, 643-1290, star 1290 on the Cantel Network. If you'd like to talk to our guests, Bob Metz and Marion Boyd. Ivan, good morning. Hi, how are you? Good. I have a solution for pay equity. Okay. Absolutely. Everybody should be put on, like, a commission basis. For instance, piecework. Let's just give you the analogy. A typing pool. Let's say there are 20 typists in a typing pool. You mean each one types as good as the other one? People should be, for instance, everyone should be classed. The best typer and the one that makes the least mistakes should get paid more than the one that doesn't type as well. That's how it should be done. Piecework. But what does that have to do with, with the benefits package? I mean, you could have a person who's making 10 bucks an hour and a person who's making 5 bucks an hour, and they, they both pay, buy they the, same, their own benefit the same policy. They pay their own benefit package. Yeah, but they have to pay a price for that policy, and it won't be based on what they're, what they're earning necessarily. But all I'm talking about pay equity, Bob, is that everybody shouldn't get paid the same amount of money. I was in the siding business for years. Well, yeah, uh, uh, on the broader issue, yeah, we should be on a merit, and merit something basis. something else also. Why should a person that takes two weeks holiday get holiday pay? They're not producing anything for the company. Yes, People they are. They're, 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 they're getting the rest and re recreation oh, that helps them to be productive. The, the rest, that, that's a socialist idea. But why should a person be able to take two weeks holiday and, not, not, and get paid for it? Because they that's part, they that's part of his reward of what he is being paid by the company. The that's company how most companies a, look at a, it. A company pays them a good reward by giving them a job. That's part of it. And if you give them a job that they enjoy because they have other benefits, then you're going to have but better employees. But you put employees. them on teachwork, they'll it, make more money. Not necessarily, Ivan. That, oh, yes. that applies in many areas. No, no, Bob. It's, it's a proven fact. I've, I've read articles on it. There's a, there's a place in the States that... Some people working in the factory make over $100,000 a year. They're all and on piecework. Yeah, but a lot of people on piecework get out of it really quickly. And well, there's a tremendous out, turnover. And, it, and that has a cost to the employer, too. You know, sometimes an employer will be willing to pay a little extra for so-called inefficiency just so he doesn't have to hassle not, with not a change me. in employee. Not me. See, we Maybe have not this, you. We have this, I just heard Ivan say, you know, the employer gave this person a job. That's right. Well, I don't agree with that well, at all. Gave him the job. Well, uh, let me tell you, okay. you it's, a, it's a contractual agreement uh -huh. as far as I'm concerned. Yes. You are That's paying correct. me to provide a service for you. You That's gave correct. me nothing to me. I Therefore, I then, owe then you then nothing. You like but it, quit and go find another job. Well, that's exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly. Point. But I mean, the employer did not give me anything. Absolutely, he gave you a job. If, if no, I no. come and hire you, if I have a company, a job is not an object that you hand back and forth. A job is a relationship like a marriage. You don't say that the husband gave a marriage to the wife, do you? They have a marriage. A job is the is a, is identifies a relationship. Okay. And so that if and one person in that relationship is an employer and the other person's the employee and they both have to give to it, other otherwise the other person no longer has a contractual obligation. If you put a person on piecework, the more they work, the harder they work, the more they produce, the more money they they receive. Just as simple as that. Simple as that. Thanks for your call, uh, Ivan. Ivan would obviously like to go back to uh, uh, an era in which people uh, lived uh, minute to minute. What happens if you're in piecework and you get sick? What happens if you get pregnant and, and, you're, and you're having difficulty with the pregnancy? What happens if, if uh, your house burns down and you have no place to do your work? 
obviously you can't earn money. Well, it's interesting because really the whole marketplace was work, works on the pr principle of piecework. Somewhere down the line, something has to be produced in order to provide the, the, the money to provide all the other benefits. So the answer to your question is that anyone who's in piecework, and every businessman is, is that he has to plan long term. And he has to be able to trust the laws of his government not to change the rules of the game on him each year. He has to be able to be put investments in long-term things so that when there are downturns in the economy, he can compensate and keep his people employed and keep his business running. And that's, and that's why so many employers do, in their contracts, enter into offering benefits on a pooled basis to their employees because it, it adds to their product productivity. It enables those employees to have a healthy lifestyle. And saves which them money and saves, in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Saves everybody money. But the minute the that relationship becomes uh, non-consensual, where they're forced into it, then you can be sure that somebody's losing money in the equation. Because as soon as you have to force somebody into a economic transaction, that means somebody's but somebody, paying more than they would otherwise But, but somebody who has the beliefs that Ivan has, for example, obviously would always be be drawn kicking and screaming into any kind of a relationship because um, he obviously doesn't see it as a relationship he sees it as as an objective an object that's exchanged in a way that that was very different from the way you described an employment that mentality that mentality of you I, I gave you a job therefore you owe me or you know, you owe me a job. I mean, that's... They're both wrong, no, aren't they? And no, and no employer I've ever been familiar with ever had that attitude because they wouldn't keep an employee for five seconds if they did. Um, generally, uh, maybe I've been very lucky in my employment life. I'm self-employed now, but and now I'm on piecework, Marion. Everything I do is piecework. Me, me, too, me but, too, Robert. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a consultant, too. You but know? <laughs> when I worked for large companies, man, they, they treated me well. Yeah, you know, I I could never. Complain. I sat and listened to a, a um, an owner of a, a of a radio station say that one of our on air people owed it. We you know we brought him in, therefore he owes us to do this that, and the other. I'm thinking, wait a minute, we brought him in for a, a, a price. He agreed to the price. He is certain, you know, he's doing above and beyond as far as I'm concerned. Therefore, he doesn't owe us anything. The deal's done. If you want to give him more money for that, that's fine. You know. the, that attitude is still there, and, and uh, you know, there are firms that say to their employees when they come in, now, we will expect you to participate in community activities. Every employee is expected to do that. So not only are you doing your job, but you're going to be a, an active participant in the community. And that's true in mm -hmm. most radio areas, because you are expected right. to, to do that and to maintain a public service image. Um, but if it isn't part of the contract, if it then is an add-on that comes along afterwards, it's, it's very different than an understanding that this is part of the job, isn't it? 643-1290, star-1290 on the Cantel Network. You're listening to Left, Right, and Center on Talk of the Town with Dan Gall, Marion Boyd, and Bob Metz. Ken, hi. Hi, how's it going? Good. I got uh, one quick question there. I had two aunts that lived together for years, never were married. And when they became 65 under this new law, would they be able to share the Canada Pension Plan, like you said, the top up, if one of them died? Um, after 65 with the new law that's in? Like, how do you define uh, homosexual relationships? Everybody talks about sex, but it's like, um, you know, two people living together over 70. Uh, I don't know if sex comes into it, but I was just wondering how they're going to address people that have been living together like that for years that aren't really sexually uh, intimate with each other but can be classified every other way as being living with each other. 
That's an interesting question, actually, because I have, I have a letter sitting on my desk at home from Sue Barnes uh, where one of our members uh, asked her what the definition of sexual preference was or, or you know, what your, how they define that. There is no legal definition. Yeah, no, but that, that's what I'm saying is and I, that's where the definition of marriage comes in. Right. That's because right. Because that defines the sex but, but can, relationship. But can, uh, when, when the law was changed in 1975, when the Family Law Reform Act came in in 1975 in Ontario, the recognition was that if people live together in an intimate relationship uh, for a certain period of time, they took on the same obligations as someone who is officially married. That happened a long, long time ago. Uh, you know, you think that was and, right? and, and and yes, I do, because what was happening was an exploitive kind of a situation where the then, dependent then, partner. Then, then where why, why Robert, why, may why, I wouldn't, finish, on, why wouldn't the people in such a relationship then choose to get married? You know, if they were really concerned about well, their circumstance. It, at that you know, time, being the same as marriage. At if, that you know, if you want to be married, why not get actually, married? Actually, may, may, if I tell you and answer the question, because it's a very simple one, many of the people who lived in those relationships at that time, I'm not talking about now, but at that time, lived that way because they had been married in a church that did not recognize divorce or separation. They wanted to form a new partnership. They could not legally marry because they could not get a divorce. And therefore, they stayed in the relationship. You have to remember that not only has the family law at the provincial level changed, but the Divorce Act has changed twice since that period of time. So what happens and to Ken's aunts? Well, I think that's a very good question, Ken, and I think that's something that's still a conundrum. It isn't an intimate relationship. It wouldn't in any case come under the Family Law Act or any of the acts. Well, actually, some of the it, acts it might come under. But it would be intimate except for one aspect. They well, I, I know, costs, but... They shared living, they took care of each other. They were never married. If if and we if we accept if we accept that there is nothing, that if we well and 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 it may well be, I think that's a bigger leap than giving the same rights to same sex common law partners but as you how, give to how the are, others. How are we but I think know? I think we should consider it, Ken. Right. <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> how consider can you know without uh, having a questionnaire? Mm -hmm. you having sexual relations with each an other. An open can of worms to be exploited by every. You know, two people that live There's in any unit. There's nothing to be exploited, Robert. Why not? I wouldn't, ridiculous. I wouldn't refer to that exploitation. Exploited. I mean, I think Ken's question is bang on I to a lot of similar question. situations. I mean, if they they would have to say that they were common law partners. That, that's what I'm saying. Isn't but I'm yeah. saying, don't you think that it's like you said, opening a can of worms for everyone over, say, 50 years old that decides to live together because they can benefit financially. Period. Well, Ken, Ken, I'm interested in your take on this. How do you think they should be treated, your aunts? No, it's... I think that they were treated, or they lived the way of the 30s and the 40s, where they actually paid and lived together because of financial commitment together. And um, it's... I do see the point where they're coming with, uh, if two people are declared a homosexual relationship or lesbians, but I think that they have to define what is a homosexual relationship more than just living together and, uh, you know, uh, financially supporting each other. And I think that's, but no one really wants to touch on that. Well, actually, that actually, there, I, I should say to you, Ken, there are a lot of people who do want to deal with that question because it is an obvious question to follow along on this other. Does it mean that, in fact, we start looking at family law as being something different than the intimacy of a, a sexual relationship? Well, I think, I think it, they have to condone the marriage of uh, lesbians and gays, and that would 
solve their sexual relationship because you wouldn't have partners getting married that weren't having sexual relationships. You know, relationships. Now, now that you mention it, I just recall, I know that when you sign a mortgage, if a, if a married couple signs a mortgage, for example, there's a clause in that mortgage that states what explicitly what their relationship is to each other, and you sign that. It says something to the effect of... Uh, you know, I, I am a, a legal spouse of so-and-so, you know, right. and it says mm -hmm. that. So I'm just wondering if that's what we're talking about here. Of course, you can do a mortgage when your owner's in common and it has nothing to do with a sexual relationship or a marriage. That's true. But I think, yeah, it, I would, think, I think it's it would change. I think it's worms that's kind of gone over or mm -hmm. under the rug that really doesn't affect a lot of people. I, I think it's a really good question. It may affect more people than we think. And, and, and as time goes on, it may especially affect those of us who uh, go and live with elderly parents to do home care with, with parents and, in fact, live sometimes in a great deal of, uh, of intimacy. Uh, or people like sister-in-law, sisters-in-law who go to look after uh, one another or, you know, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Because uh, I think those are the cases where we may have to broaden our thinking about what rights and responsibilities we might want to give people, particularly if they're caregivers. I think that's something that, you know, I, it'll take probably take another 25 years, unfortunately, Ken, for us to really look at those things. But I think it's a good question to raise. Good question. Great point, okay, Ken. Got to go. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. 643-1290, Star 1290 on the Cantel Network. You're listening to Left, Right, and Center on 1290 CJBK. And good morning, Nadine. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Okay. Um, your previous caller, actually, I had had a question similar to that. Um, okay. I had two great aunts who lived together for 48 years. Yeah. They were spinsters. They never got married. There was no physical, uh, obviously, relationship between the two. Um, and when one passed away, the other was not entitled really to anything. And I think that... Um, legislation for same-sex couples I think we shouldn't call it legislation just for same-sex couples I think the whole issue of two people living together who support each other for that long uh, period of time uh, should also be entitled to something Nadine one of the things is that this this act simply revises acts that are currently in in place and we have a family law regime in place that covers marriages and common law relationships I think what we really need to be looking at is a different form of relationship in a different kind of, uh, of an act uh, that really talks about these mutually dependent uh, relationships. Because I, I have similar family members who, when the one person died and the pension disappeared, uh, were suddenly plunged into poverty, unable to maintain homes, unable to maintain a decent standard of living. And I think all of us are, are really concerned about how we might be able to deal with those situations, particularly when, over a long period of time, as both Ken and you have pointed out, these people have lived together and pooled their resources as a family in order to maintain a better standard of living. I, and I understand what you're saying, and I agree with you, Mary, and the problem is, um, if, if politicians and others were really concned with what you 're just talking about, then this would have been looked at already the, well, well, the thing is, this, this is completely and you 're not going to agree with me politically agendized what we 're talking about here. The fact that two men who live in a homosexual relationship or two women who live in a lesbian relationship can now get same sex benefits fine, good for them. I have nothing against homosexuals or lesbians. But two women, two sisters who live together their whole lives, and one doesn't get anything when the other passes away, 
is not a hot topic on the 21st century. Mm -hmm. Nadine, the, 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 the sister that passed away, did she not have a will? She had a will, and whatever was there was left. But these were women who, at the time, didn't have a lot of money. They had never married, so there was no income from a man. Uh, so you're saying there were no assets to leave to anybody? Well, the amount of assets that were left weren't enough for an elderly person. But if one, if one had been the spouse, if one had been the spouse, they would have got... Um, at some Canada pension consideration. That's right, and, and, that's the, and they didn't about. under these the fact circumstances. That now homosexuals can do that, or lesbians can do that, is well, good for them. But then, uh, then we're back to talking what I talked about, which Marianne was denying the whole time. That is a taxpayer subsidized benefit that's going to be lost to all of us, regardless of all this talk we're given to the subject right now. I mean, a, a system that's run like Canada Pension isn't going to work any better for an unmarried couple as for a same-sex couple as for a heterosexual couple. Okay. It's, a, it's a bankrupt system, and, and why, that, why and you would want to put somebody... I pension when I retire, so... Very, very the, likely. The not. point I'm trying to make here sure. is that this whole issue is politically correct You're today. Right. It's politically agendized. God forbid that you would have an opinion that is not quote-unquote, what supposedly the majority of people uh, uh, believe, and I don't believe that the majority of people uh, think that any definition of a family is okay, and as long as we can do what we want and it makes us happy, is okay. And the feelings of a child and the growth of a child is, is secondary because what I want is more important. These are all side issues that are all creeping into uh, anything that has to do with this, with changing the status of the family, with um, changing the idea that, uh, you know, if uh, I'm in a lesbian relationship and I want to get pregnant, I can go to a sperm bank, and who cares if the kid doesn't have a father because everything will be okay. All you have to do is look at studies to prove that that's not true, and that's not even the issue here. Nate, you're the right issue that here is that if two people are living together, why do we have to drag in whether or not they're sexually um, involved? That should have nothing to do with it, and the fact that it does shows to me that this is nothing but a political agenda. Nadine, and that good, the government good, really doesn't care good point, whether Nadine. people are dying in poverty after they've lived together for 50 years and they just didn't happen to be married. Good point, Nadine. Uh, and uh, we just went around the table early, earlier this morning and said, hey, this, you know, it shouldn't matter about the sex. It's, it's, it's individual rights. That's right. And well, the fact also the truth that of the matter is this has been pushed by the homosexual community. This is their agenda. Fine. That's their agenda. It's not mine. Okay, and the, you know, Marion, you can't be telling me that every 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 different uh, every different definition of the family is okay because that's the way it is in society. It, you know, the fact that we've got 15-year-old girls who are running around uh, trying to raise babies when they're still babies themselves is not okay. The fact that we've got kids growing up without positive male influences in their lives is not okay. So the government really can't stand up and start taking sides of different groups because they have their own agenda to push. And anyway, that's all I wanted to say. So Nadine, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling us on uh, 1290 CJBK. Thank you. Bye-bye. All, all the best. 643-1290, star 1290 on the Cantel Network. You're listening to Left, Right, and Center. We'll be back after this. Hey, good afternoon, or I dare say good morning yet. Left, Right, and Center on 1290 CJBK. Our guests, Marion Boyd and Bob Metz. Nadine, our last caller. Very valid point. Um, Bob had made the point earlier that people could insure anybody they, they chose. One of the issues in that kind of a situation is it would have been to the benefit of those two women to have purchased life insurance on each other so that whoever was left had an income supplement 
that would, would deal with some of these problems. I suspect the problem was that they were fairly low income in the first place and may not have had the uh, additional disposable income to purchase that kind mm -hmm. of insurance. Mm -hmm. But Bob is quite right. That has always been a possibility for people. And in fact, in the gay and lesbian community, that has been the way that people have uh, tried to purchase security for a party. Well, maybe that's the way the rest of the marketplace should go. Rather than giving benefits to same-sex couples at taxpayer expense, that's what we mean when we say giving benefits. We're not saying that you can't go out and buy any benefit that any company can possibly offer you, but then, then you pay 100% of the cost. Everybody wants a free ride. And that's what Canada Pension's based on, is the free ride system. And you get what you pay for. Well, so, Canada Pension is hardly a free ride. We all well, contribute quite heavily to pay Canada Pension. But you have no guarantee of what you're going to get. You know, what I will get when I retire from Canada Pension depends on the taxpayers who are in place at that time, not on, uh, not on an actuarially sound investment fund that would be sitting there waiting for me. That's not even a definition of a pension fund in, in any legal sense of the term. Well, you know, Robert, I mean, I know that in your philosophy, I mean, you, you, the whole issue of pension funds uh, and people pooling their dollars to purchase more uh, security uh, because you can do that if you have a larger purchasing It only works power. when it's voluntary, Marianne. We cannot break the principle of consent, even if we think we can get a benefit out of forcing people into something. That's, that's been the eternal enigma of humanity. All, every, you know, Rome fell because of this principle, because they, well, they believed the that they course. could force people and get value out of force. You the, can't do that. The, the minute issue, you're forced to pay for something, you are getting less of a value than what you're giving up. The issue, though, is that if people are, are uh, well-to-do, they don't see any benefit in sharing their uh, wealth with others. And so you don't have as much money in the pool, and you don't have as much security for your whole community, and it is security for our whole community. Well, I don't know if that's even true. I Paul, we have a, uh, just a few minutes left in the program. Your comments, please. Yes, my comments is that uh, this same sexual, uh, homosexual rights for these people, uh, I can't agree with it. You choose the way you want to live. You live in the rules of society. I am a, hu a husband a father, children, a contribution to the economy by being an upright standing citizen. Paul, so, gays and lesbians aren't? What rights would you take away from them, Paul? I wouldn't take any rights away from them. I would allow them to be treated like anybody else, but... That's the whole, that's the whole point of the act. <laughs> but, but, but why should a gay couple get uh, uh, a uh, tax incentive write-off where I'm a father with children that I'm bringing up for the future citizens of this world. So is that why you should get a tax write-off or an incentive? Well, Are you saying you should get one? Uh, uh, <clears throat> whether I get one or not uh, is up to the powers to be. Uh, whether they well, that, that applies to, then, then your arguments moot again, because that same rule would apply to same-sex couples, wouldn't it? Yeah, but well, what then, gets me, I don't, you know what's, what really gets me? The people of Canada do not get a chance to vote on this. It's up there in Parliament, and it gets uh, read uh, twice, whatever, 
how can I how can I have my opinion? How you can, can only I vote you can, you can only have your against it. You can only vote for or against what you want if somebody gives you the freedom in the marketplace to go out and buy what you want without having to vote with. You don't need a hundred neighbors to to all buy bananas just so that you can go buy bananas. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So if you want a, a certain insurance plan then go out and buy it. And, exactly. and what, the government should stop Canada Pension and all these nonsense things. If they want to help the poor, aim help to the poor. Don't give us these universal plans for everybody that just bankrupt the country. Uh, on the same, uh, I, I, I agree with you. This, I'll give you an example. I spent 21 years in the Canadian Armed Forces. I paid 21 years of UI benefits at the high rate. When I retired from the Armed Forces, I went to collect my UI benefit. I was told that I didn't qualify, that I quit my job. I said, I didn't quit my job. My contract was finished. No, you quit your job. So well, I had to go out and work another 20 weeks to qualify after paying 21 years into this program that was supposed to help me if I... Uh, Paul, oh, thanks for your call. we got to go. You're listening to Left, Right, and Center, and that's all the time we have. From the left, I'd like to thank Marion Boyd for once again joining us. And on the right, Bob Max. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Dan. And from the center, I'm Dan Gore.